0: Hello everybody, I'd like to warn you all before listening to this podcast that I did have some bad internet connection during the interview with my guest, and there will be some disturbances, but other than that, the show went great, and hopefully you'll enjoy this episode. Hello everybody, uh, you're listening to the Hall of Kings, I'm your host, Alt Monarchist, Uh, My co-host, King Dio, uh, is not with me today. So uh, I invited a very awesome guest. Her name is Harper Price. And Harper, can you please introduce yourself to the audience?
1: First of all, sorry I'm a little late. It took me about a billion years to figure out how to get on, but I'm here. And um, so I'm a political science major. And right now I'm minoring in international relations. I'm from Texas. And that's that's pretty much it. I mean, that politics isn't my entire life, but that's it's it's a big chunk of what I'm passionate about and what I do. And I'm excited to kind of further go into that.
0: All right. And politically, uh, what do you where do you align yourself?
1: I fall pretty much with Donald Trump, which is why I was excited to be a part of the 2016 campaign. There's some things that I disagree with them foreign policy-wise specifically, but they're minor grievances. I think overall he's done a fairly good job given the circumstances.
0: Okay, so uh, are you going to vote for Trump in 2020?
1: I am. And I'm, I'm even more enthusiastic to do so the second time than I was in 2016.
0: <laughs> Alright, so basically um, you ain't black.
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> according to biden it whenever he allows me to be black
0: yeah so um growing up like um uh, like did you grow up in the like a uh, black community white community was it mixed and like uh like your relatives uh, what kind of politics did they align with
1: well i grew up in a rural area um out here in old ocean and i went to school well part of my home school I went to homeschool. school. The other part, I went to Angleton High School, which I kind of regret it in some sense. But um, my, most of my family is Democrat. My uncle voted for Trump. He's not gonna do so the second time. My aunt is actually an immigrant from Panama. She voted for Trump as well. Um, my mom is fairly open-minded, but she's a pro-life Democrat. So she's kind of a special breed of uh, a person going into this election. So. It'll be interesting to see what she does because she's somebody that takes her faith seriously, and she has problems voting for either candidate. But she also doesn't want to stay home. She wants to be active and a part of the political system because it's so, you know, crucial to the re- our future and the rest of our lives.
0: Okay, and so like, uh, would you say your mom's like a more of a conservative Democrat? Is that correct, or
1: she's definitely. She's a little like Tulsi Gabbard, now that I think about it. In fact, she, she wants Tulsi to be Biden's VP.
0: Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, that would be a good choice uh, if Biden chose her as VP.
1: Yeah, but Biden's not. He He's too much of a coward to do that. He's he's not going to pick anybody that goes against the Democratic elitist establishment. But I would love to see. And she, he, she fits the quote-unquote, you know, Minority check boxes. She's a woman. She's—I uh, thought she was Hawaiian at first, but she, I think she's a uh, Indian.
0: I thought she was Hawaiian.
1: Oh, she is. Oh, okay. I,
0: that's what I—that's what I assumed.
1: Yeah. Well, she's a minority, so th- that's something that you know the the, the social justice warrior net cases—they're always on about that. Like, it has to be a black woman. It has to be a n- minority because we're so oppressed. We have to have a VP because it makes up for "quote unquote" years of segregation and justification for slavery and whatever.
0: Right, and so like your family, like they're not really offended, like that you vote for Trump or are you, and like you like identify as a Trump supporter.
1: Well, it kind of came out just because of my mom talking about it because I didn't want, but they knew that I was politically active, but they didn't know that I was politically active in conservative politics, and. Most of them, at first, they were against it. But whenever the more that I talked to them about it, the more that they understood why why I'm conservative and why we're... At the end of the day, it's pretty much the same fight. And, and we might disagree on social issues. But I think most of my family realizes that you know, a lot of things are critical, and a lot of things that come to whenever it comes to protecting the nation is critical.
0: Uh mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, so your goal is basically just to work in politics in the future, and that's going to be your career. Is that right?
1: For for now, yeah. I'm. There are times where I'm deeply re. <laughs> I I deeply reconsider that. I, I have my moments where I want to just give up on it, but I think at the end of the day it's it's something worth fighting for and it's something that you know I, I've decided to dedicate at least a portion of my life to. I don't know if I'm gonna do it for the rest of my life, but for for now I've had a good experience in it.
0: Yeah, like politics uh, it could be a crazy thing. <laughs> Like I've I've been involved uh well as an activist you could say uh, since 2008 I was a I started off with Ron Paul and started you know hanging out with other people who are politically active here in Arizona and um, like literally just uh probably like three months ago this one guy he walked close to me he's got this weird look in, in his in his eyes and he's all like hey you're still a young guy, you should uh, consider running for a, like the a city council right here. I'm like, okay. He goes, yeah. And, he, and then he tells me that he's a lobbyist. And like, he had the evil look on his face. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I was thinking, yeah, you're a lobbyist. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, bam. Like, so yeah, it kind of makes sense, I guess.
1: That look is probably a mixture of cocaine and, you know, some sort of life <laughs> failure. That's the typical
0: lobbyist playbook. Yeah, well, what's well, interesting is that, like, at the meeting uh, where I was at, he, like, I even told every, other people, yeah, hey, I'm a lobbyist, you know? Like, this what I'm doing, I'm trying to raise money for this and that, whatever. And, yeah, then he says that he could find money to support somebody and, and all that stuff. And then, then he just walks over to me, just got the, like, that, like, uh, like, that evil grin, like, oh, hey, you're a young guy. You should run for office yeah
1: he's looking for his next cash cow
0: uh, probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> like yeah that was like my LD meeting and I have not been an LD meeting uh, since uh ever since I I uh, was on uh, top with that guy I didn't go to my, my last it's like
1: who who's the next investor that I can get to fund Halliburton
0: yeah like uh, yeah so like um yeah, yeah for some reason I guess ever since that uh, meeting I never showed up there <laughs> yeah okay. so yeah, well, uh, like, uh, so it makes sense why your family was probably concerned about uh, why you should run for politics because, you know, it's crazy and it could be very corrupt as well.
1: And there's also a public safety aspect to it. I mean, I'm not anyone that's huge or anything, but it's still, at the end of the day, things that are going on on campuses, especially targeting conservatives. It's, it's something that especially my mom worries about, but I'm not... I mean, I, I think they should be more worried about me than I'm ever going to be worried about them, but that's just my take on it.
0: Yeah, like, because uh, um, the last couple of years years, uh, their goals would be boxing conservatives, and, like, just walk up to the houses. I like that. Uh, Her co are a victim of boxing. Uh, what, a year ago? They went up to his house, started threatening him and his kids.
1: See, because I'm not worried about myself that much, because I can go through it but it, it's if somebody were to dox my family is where i would be like terrified of and and that's not that's not beneath you know the insane radical leftist and communists to to dox people's families which is that might be something that the john birch society was on to but
0: Yeah, and like, so, um, like whenever you post some, some pro-Trump, uh, I don't know, posts, uh, do you have any, any friends who will say, hey, you're, you're a black person, you're not supposed to be supporting uh, Trump or any type of conservatives at all? Do you get that? Uh,
1: well, most of my friends aren't losers. They, they're pretty, they're pretty, um, I wouldn't say that, you know, they're colorblind, because that seems pretty cliche, but they're, they... They, they're just patriots, like they, they see people as individuals. They, they understand why somebody would vote for Trump. And mo- mo- I try and keep my page, you know, and anybody's welcome on there, but I, it, it's mostly conservative just because of the fact that I, I got so tired of liberals, you know, always. I mean, it, I didn't see any of the arguments being productive. But every now and then, every now and again, somebody that's like a Mitt Romney supporter, or you know, uh, who else, Hillary Clinton, will, will hop on there. But they don't tend to last very long.
0: <laughs> All right. So yeah. So you basically don't have uh, too many um, friends who um, go by identity politics, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So moving on, Japan about like the whole situation in Minneapolis. Like, uh, well, you saw the video, and like, so you obviously know what's going on, so like, what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, it's really, it's terrifying. It's, it's something that um, I just, before I got on here, I saw that it's getting worse in Minneapolis,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's happening all over the country. And the city that's next to me in Houston, um, riots are starting to happen there, which I'm not surprised because we have a wannabe Obama governing the city, so I mean I, I, I do think that it was I, I'm hesitant to say murder after the autopsy came out, and well I, I'm hesitant to even trust the autopsy as well, it's just an extremely bad situation, but I think conservatives, instead of using this opportunity to, you know, spout out how quote unquote unified we need to be, because that's just obvious. I think we need to have serious discussions about police brutality in this country. And that's because things are so partisan. That's a discussion that a lot of conservatives aren't even willing to have.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Basically, um, I remember like, like for a very long time, like ever since I was an activist in politics, I don't really remember like conservatives uh, talking about police brutality or like they'll they'll talk about it. But they'll always defend the police officers no matter what, um, whether the police officer was right, whether the police officer was wrong. They would just kind of say, oh, just don't commit crimes. And you won't get hurt. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. And like uh, most of the time, per- like me personally, like I. Um, Ninety-eight percent of the time, yeah, I'll watch videos, I'll analyze them, and I'll come to my own conclusions. I'll be like, yeah, the cop was right, but ninety-eight percent of the time. But the, there's also that two percent where uh, I'll be like, no, the cop is wrong right here. And whenever, like, I talk about that two percent, other conservatives try to shut it shut it down and saying, oh no no no, the cop is still right. And like that, just I believe it like illogical. Like people don't want to take the time to just do some critical thinking and like just to watch videos and analyze them, research them and think, maybe the cop was wrong here. Yeah. Like, yeah. go ahead.
1: Yeah, I just think, I, I saw the video. I, I didn't want to see it at first. You know, I, I wanted to kind of clear my mind because I was so disgusted by what I saw. And it, I'm, there's, there's no justification for it. I mean, he was in handcuffs. You know he wasn't he wasn't he didn't have a gun he didn't he wasn't threatening anybody it was over a counterfeit twenty dollar bill and i don't even know if the guy knew if it was counterfeit or not but i mean and, and most most police officers are pillars in their community they're genuine about what they do but i just want them to be held to the same standard whenever whenever you have somebody that has like that officer who has over a dozen complaints Prior misconduct and prior criminal not criminal activity per se, but abuses of power. That's not a crack through the system. That's an inherent flaw in the system.
0: Yeah. And the guy the guy who was arrested, uh, George Floyd. Um, I did I did some like reading uh, about him, and apparently he uh, used to work as as a security guard somewhere, and like so then like heard that he was involved in civil rights matters. So like basically like I don't really think he had like a criminal past, and like you mentioned, it was over a fake twenty dollar bill. He pr- he probably didn't even know it was fake.
1: Yeah, that's that's another point I was thinking about earlier because most people that counterfeit money they don't counterfeit twenty dollar bills. They're doing i and i that does happen, but most of the time it's you know fifty dollar bills, it's a hundred dollar bills.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot more sense too. So.
1: But yeah, so he, w- he wasn't resisting arrest. And, and I'm glad that there was that cell phone recording because I don't know if you saw what the police, off like with- and another thing was the police officers union said that we need to wait for all the facts and evidence to come out. So it'll be interesting to see what their take is gonna be later on.
0: Yeah, like uh, it depends. Because um, if it wasn't for that video, there probably would not have been any outrage at all. People would've just forgot about about it and that's it. But it was that video that straight up showed him like murdering uh, the guy right there on the ground. So, um, because, and there, there are like lots of other uh, incidents that we probably don't even know about that happened. Like, um, and, and like, there's no outrage over that. So if it wasn't for that one video, there probably wouldn't have been any outrage in the first place. And like the guy, he still has his job. Oh, well, well, he doesn't have his job anymore, but uh, I'm saying that if if there were, if that video did not exist, uh, the guy probably would have continued working, doing his job, and probably killing other people.
1: Yeah. And then that's what's terrifying. And it's, it's gonna take a lot for a trust to be rebuilt between police and the general public. And th- that's something that, you know, we're gonna have to work on. And, and part of that comes with, I, I, I want to see more police officers. I, I It's hard to even describe what I'm saying, just because there's so many thoughts going on in my mind, because it, it's such a, a tough situation, because, I mean, there's a, there's diff, a million different play, things at play here. But I think at the end of the day, most people can see that this is murder. I think the ones that don't see it are just being partisan hacks at this point and I, I don't now on the looting part and what happened in Minnesota it's completely unjustifiable in my opinion
0: yeah like yeah and like um, uh, I, I think the people who are being conservative ha- or partisan hacks right now like uh, they're probably like very rare like because like for the first time ever I'm like wait a minute like uh, baby boomers it's mostly the baby boomers who we're probably talking about when we talk about conservatives at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like usually the baby boomers will always defend the cops. And here I'm thinking, oh, wow, even baby boomers agree that this was murder.
1: I think a, a part of it could be as well. The we're, A lot of conservatives are getting more and more fed up with authoritarian states in general, especially how the government has responded to COVID-19 and how they completely... now. I'm not saying that the shutdown should have never happened, but I'm saying certainly state and local governments exceeded necessary authority in some of their actions. And I think that woke a lot of people up whenever they lost their jobs, whenever they lost their life savings. And now they're really starting to question the role of government in our lives and the role of, and how we view the level of power that we're comfortable with the state having.
0: Yeah. And like, uh, I also think, uh, like, what do you think about Democrats who are taking advantage of this whole situation? Like, uh, like what would be your message to them? Like uh, Democrats were saying, oh, this this, um, uh, or this what white people do. Like, uh, this is racist. Uh, it's a hate crime. Like, uh, what, what would be your message to Democrats? Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Uh, Yeah, I can hear you now. Uh, Can can you... uh, Yeah, so uh, we'll start off again. So what would be your message to the Democrats?
1: Yeah, my message to them is to just stop being pieces of shit. I mean, you have people like Al Sharpton, who he couldn't wait to get down there to Minnesota. And he... I mean, the... Probably the first flight he could find. He was down there with his race baiting, with his social justice warrior and nonsense, with the, the you know, the being a huckster and a hustler. which is one thing that only makes things worse. It only makes the victimhood mentality continue this cycle. And and it leads to more poverty, it leads to even more crime, which leads to, you know, more fathers being absent from the home, which leads to more, you know? And... So so that that would be my message to Democrats, is to try and... And I I know telling people to be rational in the event where somebody died can come across as cold, but so does burning down cities. I mean, and and even... (laughs) even george's family so yeah something's going on right now i don't know what, what's happening but yeah, I hear yeah. but anyways yeah so even george's family said to stop burning things
0: yeah like because um basically uh, i think like At first, uh, the anger was kind of like righteous from the beginning, but then, like uh, with every um, riots, there's always going to be looters who will take advantage of the situation.
1: And the same thing happens with hurricanes as well. Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Ike, you know, Hurricane Harvey. Wherever there's opportunity, criminals are going to come forth. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because basically, um, because I I try to sometimes differentiate like legitimate rioters and actual looters uh, because uh, uh, legitimate like uh, rioters will always try to focus their anger like on one certain group of people while looters take advantage of that because they know all the police forces will be centered in one major area and they'll not be able to respond to any looting that's going on in any of the stores. Yeah, I mean, Protests.
1: It, it's just that this criminal activity. Now, yeah. Now, if the people that were setting fire to the police station, we can talk about. That's more of along the lines of a protest. Now, I'm not saying it's right. I mean, clearly, I don't agree with it because you don't see me out there burning police stations. Yeah. But
0: I, I yeah. do think that makes. But it makes yeah. more sense. and historically it's always been that way every time there's a revolts in whatever country you're uh, you're in like look at any country's history every time there's a revolt it's always followed by looters and other criminal activity
1: yeah
0: okay. and i hear those uh, police sirens um are they after you
1: <laughs> hope hopefully not <laughs> I don-
0: I don't, I don't. Yeah, just just remember to raise it. Yeah, just raise up your hands and say, uh, "Don't <laughs> shoot." <laughs> or what was it? What was it what was that term? Hands up, don't shoot. That's what it was. hands up, don't shoot. Yeah,
1: hands up, one, don't shoot. And the other one is, I can't breathe. Is what they're. Oh, hi. Um, this is Miss Ramona. Can you hear me? Yeah, I have, I have no idea what's going on tonight. Things are kind
0: of crazy. But, but what? You know, like, well, well here in Phoenix, uh, we've had some riot. It got quelled last night. So um, it started like uh, in the afternoon and it went all the way up until probably like around like one o'clock in the morning. And uh, they arrested uh, like a few folks, I believe. But like, uh, it did not escalate. I'm
1: surprised they've been arresting people. Uh,
0: yeah, well, I, I heard that apparently last night, uh, here in Phoenix, they vandalized a police car and they vandalized one of the police precincts, but that's as far as it went. Like, it would not have extreme chaos. And I think
1: that, that's, that's what the media wants at the end of the day, people to be divided, you know, to sell a narrative, to push the story. They didn't show any of the peaceful protests that were happening. But as soon as the riot started, you know, you had the race hucksters down there, you know, cameras front, front and center, like they're filming a movie, just sitting there, you know, take, making sure they get all the shots of the looters going on. But there were some legitimate protests and I, and I stand behind those that did protest, but I, I don't stand behind the looters and I don't stand behind the three thieves, I don't stand behind the criminals.
0: Exactly. And um, right, so uh, moving moving on beyond the protests, uh, so let's go back to your uh, um, politics or your career in politics. Do you view yourself as maybe the next Candace Owens?
1: I I'm really not trying to be anything right now. Um, I I don't I think I'm too politically incorrect to be Candace Owens. Well, so I mean, so is she. She's she says things that are off the cuff, and they're oftentimes right. So. At this point, the game has completely changed, and people are tired of the whole, you know, the whole goody-two-shoes images that politicians try to ha- try to place. Like, I mean, it's just crusty and boring at this point. I think people want something that's real and raw and unfiltered. And, um, I, but I, I like Candace and she has some good things that are prepared, so I'm excited to follow her career. And see where she goes.
0: Oh, all right, and I have a uh, question about Blexit. Like, what is your opinion on on the movement right now, as it is in twenty twenty? Like, what is your opinion uh, on the current Blexit?
1: Well, for me, Blexit, I-, I wish that I had something along the lines of Blexit whenever I was first getting started. Um, but. Right now, I I kind of, it's too soon to tell because they're still a fairly new organization. Um, And if Candace decides to run for office, then it would be a lot more difficult for her to put the effort and energy needed. Oh, my God. Here comes the Cyrus again. Jesus. (laughs) Okay. But anyways. Yeah. (laughs) They heard me talking about Candace Owens and they came come in full speed yeah they
0: can't they're they're like send them the police
1: (laughs) and um but i I think flexit has a good message now whether what they how they choose to fulfill that message and how they choose to market that message it's going to be up for grabs and that's primarily up to candace but i agree with it to an extent Just the concept of okay. it. Yeah. Because I think Black Americans oh. respond to something that they can identify with, and the Republican Party has been garbage whenever it comes to voter outreach. Like, if you're going to outreach to voters, specifically minorities, do it right or don't do it at all.
0: What would be the right way, in your opinion, to um, do some outreach to minorities or just the black community? I think what it
1: is more of along the lines of the right way than what the Republican Party has previously been doing. You have people, you have people that are actually black that are going into black communities, people that are young and energetic that have a motive and a mission instead of somebody that's 80 years old, you know, they've been a dinosaur for 30 years, like, coming into Black communities, and the message... there's some times where the message can only really be received by a certain person. You know, like, for, for example, Mike Pence will probably be able to reach a completely different person than I can. And I think we need to utilize our strengths and I think, and also recognize what our weaknesses are and come together as a collective and use that to advance our cause.
0: Okay, and so um, like uh, basically, what do you think, uh, like any positive things that the conservative or the establishment conservatives have done for the black community? They like Trump. Like Trump, for example, like has he done like a lot of good for the black community?
1: Well, I wouldn't necessarily consider Trump an establishment conservative, but he he um mm-hmm. he did the first step back. He's donated a lot of money to historically black colleges and universities. The um the tax cuts to incentivize small businesses is another good policy. Now that that one wasn't Trump specifically, but that was that was yeah. one that he did play a role
0: in. And and at the end And also oh, I'm sorry, criminal
1: that- justice reform in general
0: is one And I do you believe that we need a uh, criminal justice reform um, like, uh, throughout the whole country?
1: I think that it's something that should be... I, I'm not... I'm not educated enough on the specifics to say, but I know that there were some concerns that cr- criminal, criminals were being released, that especially in um, Harris County.
0: Well, Harris County is not Texas.
1: Yeah, it's out, it's out here in Texas. Now, a lot of people have been moving out here anyways. Play a factor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But from what I'm seeing, I, I, I do have hopes that Trump will be a good president to address the needs of the black community.
0: Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, it all works out. And um, like at the end of the day, uh, do you identify yourself uh, as an African American or like a Black American, or do you just uh, identify as an American? Just an American. Just an American. Perfect. So, like, so yeah, you definitely don't play that po- um, oh, uh, identity politics game. You just say I'm an American. Sorry. Perfect. Perfect. Hey, Well, uh, so uh, there you go, uh, everybody. That was uh, Harper Price. Um, you answer, but, uh, Harper, is there anything um, you'd uh, like to say? Like, is there any uh, podcast that you've heard
1: about? Um, I- I've had a good time and thank you for having me on. And...
0: Yeah. yeah. And like, uh, do you have any, any uh, um, social media like links, like podcasts that people could uh, listen to you or if you have any shows that you run? Harbor? Hello. Hi. Arbor. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, we lost connection there. So like a uh, last question again. So uh, do you have any uh, podcasts or YouTube channels people could follow?
1: Yeah, um mine is Standing Her Ground. Um I just ran brand speaking new podcast. Uh just started it. I'm not very good at it yet, but there's a learning curve to everything in life, so
0: and it's called yeah. uh, Standing My Ground that's the name of your podcast all right uh, ladies and gentlemen uh, that's the name of Harper's podcast standing my ground so hopefully you guys will go to Anchor FM, Spotify or Apple or any other um, podcast platforms and hopefully you'll listen to Harper's podcast um, yeah so um, I, I, I enjoyed this interview I enjoyed this conversation with Harper and Harper uh, you have a good night thank you for uh, coming on and talking to me thank you. Have oh, good night. Also, dear audience, I would like to remind you all to support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash Hall of Kings and support me, the Alt Monarchist, and my co-host King Dio.